Welcome to Celtic Legacy. This is T.M. Moore. Thomas Cahill's widely read book, How the Irish Saved Civilization, tells the story of the Celtic Revival, which spread from Ireland throughout Europe between 430 and around 800 A.D. His title is accurate, and the story he tells should make us wonder how this great work was accomplished. What was it about the Christian leaders and the people they served that allowed them to make such an impact for the kingdom of God in their day? One conclusion that emerges from the study of this period is that Celtic Christians understood the importance of, as Paul put it, working out their salvation in fear and trembling. Fearful of their own sinful tendencies and of the Lord's promise to discipline the wayward, they organized their lives to keep focused on Christ and to use their time as much as possible for his purposes. The monasteries of this period took the lead in promoting such disciplined lives by organizing their common experience around protocols, schedules, and rules designed to encourage faithfulness in all aspects of life. Our excerpt in this installment is by an anonymous author from the mid-7th century, and it is found in The Rule of Ailba, one of the many monastic rules translated and collected by Winston Omayadin in his book, The Celtic Monk. Here is today's Celtic legacy entitled, The Disciplined Life. Relate these words on my behalf to the son of Saron. The task he has undertaken is not light. Let his conscience be clear and far-seeing. Let it be humble and without pride. Let his work be silently done, without speech. By patience and humility, good, evil, and poverty are put in their proper perspective. Monks should never be guilty of pretense. Two-thirds of piety consists in being silent. Let him be without any stain of sin and not be haughty. His smile should be joyous, but without loud laughter, and he should not be vindictive, arrogant, or pompous. He should not speak evil of or harshly reproach another, nor should he put anyone to the blush. Never should he violently rebuke anyone or carry on a conversation with a boorish person, and his speech at all times should be noted for its lack of boastfulness. He should be constant in prayer, never forgetting his canonical hours. Let him give his mind to his prayers with humility and with great peace. The Son of God should be invoked in all devotional reading of Scripture. Let the monks bear in mind that noble God is their father and holy church their mother. Let their humility be not merely verbal, but let each one provide for his brother. When, through obedience, they go to carry out their duties, let their spirit be, This is a heavy task, brother. Let me do it. Be constant in pointing out the obligation of the monastic rule. Each monastery of the Celtic Christian period had its own rule, which was a set of standards and protocols for how the monks should occupy their time. These rules were intended to sustain focus and engender piety, charity, and order among the monks. By cultivating a disciplined life, the monks would be continually strengthened for their ministries to one another and the surrounding community. Winston O'Mayadin's book offers an excellent sampling of these monastic rules, and it gives us a good look at the disciplined Celtic monks' practice. I find these rules fascinating, albeit in some cases troubling. At their best, they are useful handbooks for developing and maintaining a life of deep spirituality, Christian character, and productive work. 
As we see in the excerpt above, monks were expected to vote themselves to prayer and to scripture, as well as to their duties at the monastery and in caring for one another. The rules are troubling to me when they are so detailed, describing so many genuflections, limiting what monks can eat, trying to manage even their smiles, and so forth, and in certain punishments prescribed for violations of the rules. Theirs was a different time from ours, of course, and what they needed to further the cause of Christ would have been different from what we do, at least in certain respects. The rules were put into various forms, including poetry and catalogues. Monks were expected to learn and live by them in the monastery and throughout the surrounding community. When Brendan the Navigator was preparing for his ministry, he set himself to read the rules of as many monastic communities as he could, both so that he understood what he was getting into and to develop a rule for his own community which would be in line with the tradition of other monasteries. What might such a rule include? Well, let's look a bit more closely at our excerpt. First, of course, dutiful attention to our spiritual lives, prayer, time in the word, silence before the Lord. Then, taming our tongues to eradicate boastfulness and whatever injures our neighbor. Next, doing our work diligently and in silence so that talkativeness does not subvert excellence and productivity in work. Humility in a servant's heart to share in the burdens of others and recognizing temptation so as not to fall through them into sin. So Celtic Christians sought to bring a disciplined life to more than just their souls. Spiritual life, relationships, work, community life, and guarding against sin all came under the specific prescriptions and practices which were rehearsed and reviewed and obeyed. Redeeming the time God gave them was, for these Celtic Christians, a matter of discipline for every facet of life. Everybody lives by some rule of discipline. For most of us, these are unwritten. We just repeat the same habits, protocols, practices, and routines each week, largely without thinking too much about them. Many of the disciplines we follow have, in fact, been absorbed from the surrounding secular culture and may actually hinder growth in the Lord. The monasteries of Celtic Ireland were in the business of forming disciples of the Lord, and they could not afford to leave that work to unwritten protocols. The monastic rules created an environment of seriousness and discipline and served as an effective tool for keeping the Lord's servants focused on their callings in the kingdom of God. A rule was a powerful resource for making the best use of one's time in the light of his commitment to Christ and a particular community. We might expect that some similar tool may be of benefit to us in our day as well. Visit our website, www.ilba.org, to discover the many free resources for kingdom living that are available there. To learn more about the Celtic Revival and its enduring legacy, click the Bookstore tab at our website and order a free copy of our book, The Legacy of Patrick. Join us next time on Celtic Legacy as we consider a prayer of Colum Kila aimed at helping us in our work. Until then, for Celtic Legacy and the Fellowship of Ilba, this is T.M. Moore. Oh,